Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here yet again, and you're all very welcome to my Show Me the Science podcast. And this week is Michael J. Fox. Now, not the science of Michael J. Fox, that would be strange enough, but I've come across a really interesting thing. He's just uh, issued a, a kind of documentary movie. It's called Still. Now, why would I be talking about this? Well, as people might know, Michael J. Fox, at the age of 29, was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So this topic today is the science of Parkinson's, and it's partly actually in response to a request. I do get requests to cover things, and I'm very happy to people to send me messages and go, well, I please cover topics, and someone got on to me recently about Parkinson's, and then I saw the movie, so it's on Apple TV. So again, I think it was very timely for me to cover the science of Parkinson's disease. Now, it's a great movie. This is going to be like the movie show. John Fardy, are you listening? I can take over your slot. Um, so it's a great movie. I really enjoyed it. It's very moving. It describes his life. It's all about his life, really, and how he becomes a megastar. And people might know he was in Back to the Future. And by the way, uh, people think I look like Doc in Back to the Future, which I'm honoured to be given the association. But still, he was in that movie, very famous. He became a teen idol. He was in um, loads of uh, things on TV, Family Ties. Again, it's a few years ago now, but when I was younger, Michael J. Fox was a megastar. He had the world at his feet. Very famous. And then, the age of 29, and this is depicted in the movie really vividly, he wakes up one morning and his little finger is twitching. So it starts with a twitch in his little finger. And he wonders, what is that? Obviously, it's a bit unnerving for him. And he's wondering, he describes in the movie how the night before, he'd been out on, I believe, what's called a bender with Woody Harrelson, another one of my favourite actors, well known for enjoying himself. And he wondered, was it a hangover? Had he banged his head? Sadly, it was the start of Parkinson's. And, and it's a fascination to me anyway. I mean, now we work on Parkinson's, as I'll explain in a minute, which is why I'm covering it. But like, it always intrigues me when a disease starts. So in the case of rheumatoid arthritis, that will start often in your fingers with a sore joint in your, in your knuckles or your fingers. Parkinson's often begins with fingers starting to twitch and you can't stop the twitch and he tries to stop it and he can't. And then the movie then starts, it opens with that actually, then goes back over, he's being interviewed all the time through the movie himself, goes back over his life and then how the thing begins and then how the whole thing gets worse and worse and sadly Parkinson's is a progressive neurodegenerative illness and it's all about how he copes and it's a, it's a lovely movie. He talks about his wife, Tracy Pollan, and she's a huge supporter obviously. There's a very emotional scene with, with his son. He's sitting by the beach with his son and this is like the documentary part and he's tremoring away and his hands are shaking and his son just grabs his hand and holds him you know, and helps him and it's, it's very moving to see all that you see and of course what strikes you from the movie most of all is we need to get better treatments and again to give Fox credit he has set up a great foundation that's raised hundreds of millions for Parkinson's research in fact there's as much as two billion I think if you look at all the various add-ons that have happened so he's had a huge campaign to raise money for research and that's a huge credit to him and the movie raises awareness about Parkinson's uh, of course there are other famous people with Parkinson's Muhammad Ali famously Billy Connolly you know uh, and Alan Alda just so uh, when I was looking at my notes on this Alan Alda who was in MASHI he's got Parkinson's so, so in other words it's common you know as you get older more people are going to get Parkinson's now, what is it? Well, it's neurodegenerative. So the brain is being attacked. A very specific part of the brain gets attacked. It's called the substantia nigra. And the substantia nigra, its job in the brain is to control movement. It's what's called motor activity. They call this, these motor processes. Is the move, nerve cells control movement. They come out of the substantia nigra and that, and that part of the brain is controlling movement. So when that bit begins to get destroyed, the first symptoms are to do with movement. And that's why the tremor 
begins, the twitching of his finger is, he can't control his own muscular movements in his finger and then we get the tremor. The next symptom then, uh, that because of this damage to the substantia nigra is rigidity. Muscles go into spasm. You get a Parkinsonian face, they can't facial expressions go because the muscles aren't working properly in the face. And then eventually the defect in movement that's happening because this part of the brain remembers controlling movement and you're destroying it. Slowness, they walk slowly, they move slowly. Difficulty walking is the next. They've got a a gait that looks unusual because again, the muscles aren't working properly. So really it's all about a part of the brain that controls movement being damaged and then that movement becomes impaired either through tremor, rigidity, slowness, all those things happen. And then as it progresses, uh, you get sleep problems, sensory problems, and then even cognition, which means thought processes can be affected as well. So ultimately it it becomes even, even worse, a brain, like a real brain damage begins to emerge. But initially, most of the symptoms are about movement. Now, what's in the substantia nigra? Well, there's all these nerve cells in there. They make a neurotransmitter, which is a chemical in the brain that connects the brain to other parts of the brain and muscles and and nerves and all the rest of it Uh, it's called dopamine so dopamine is made in the substantia nigra and it that neurotransmitter is involved in motor function movement right and those neurons that make dopamine die they're dying in the substantia nigra and that was shown a long time ago now and that specific part of the brain is being damaged now what's going on why would that part of the brain get damaged in this disease. Well, the big breakthrough came, probably beginning about 30 years ago now, I think, when they look at post-mortem samples of Parkinson's patients, there's a protein clumping in that part of the brain. This protein is called alpha-synuclein, a bit of a mouthful, but that's the name of the protein, and it begins to form these big clumps in the substantia nigra, right? It's a bit like a toxic byproduct begins to build up, a bit like, you know, pollution. You might think of that way in a sense. And that pollutant is alpha-synuclein and that begins to kill the neurons. And it forms what are called Lewy bodies. And they were seeing a guy called Lewy. You can see them with a microscope. Uh, these big, huge, noxious clumps of protein. And of course, what happens next is the body tries to clear this stuff. And that's where our interest came in actually because the immune system gets involved it goes in it tries to clear up the office a bit like the vacuum cleaners go in the trouble is they're overwhelmed and they start to die as well and the office begins to kill these vacuum cleaners if you like and they cause even more damage you're in a very contained part of the brain here all these cells are dying spewing out their contents and that stuff is killing more cells nearby so the whole thing escalates into this brain damage I guess is is what we call it ultimately and if the cells called microglia microglia they are like the brain's immune cell they're trying to hoover up the stuff and they get overwhelmed and they start to die. We also know macrophages, which I've mentioned several times, I think, which we work on in my lab. They go into the brain and try to hoover up the stuff and they die as well. So it's a really kind of an inflammatory situation. It's a bit like a fire breaks out in the substantia nigra and that fire causes all the damage. The fire is the inflammation coming from the microglial cells and the macrophages. That's all great because now we know this disease is caused by this alpha-synuclein building up destroying that part of the brain through overactivation of the immune response, which damages the brain ultimately. The reason why the immune response is overactive is because there's so much alpha-synuclein there. Again, an analogy we use is like a vacuum cleaner getting clogged and overheating. That's what's happening. The microglial cells and the macrophages are trying to hoover up the stuff and then they get clogged and they start to cause damage. And that's the basis for this disease. Now, cause 
unknown. We do not know why people have this problem. Why in some people is afacinaclin being deposited? We don't know. There's genetics for definite, so it does run in families to some extent. Uh, some of the genes that have been identified are LRRK2, Pink1. These are the usual challenging names. Uh, but there's, there's variants in those genes that predispose people to this disease. And interestingly, those genes code for proteins involved in metabolism. Now, what that means is the nutrients in the brain are being burned, like all cells need nutrients, but for some reason these nutrients are being burned in a more toxic way because there's variants of proteins that burn the nutrients and then we get damage caused by these nutrients. And my lab is very interested in this metabolic disturbance. Things called the mitochondria get involved and they are generating byproducts of metabolism that's kind of toxic, if you like. So there's a lot of work going on as to where the toxicity is, if you like, in this in this process. And those genes seem to be tied in to that toxicity. So there's some genetics, still very complicated. The second thing is environmental. And there's no doubt there's an environmental influence. Now, in the case of Muhammad Ali, head injuries seem to predispose people to this. If you're getting your head thumped all the time, that might mean the afacinaclin begins to get deposited more. So if there's a link to Parkinson's and head injury, uh, that's one possibility. There's controversy around this, by the way. It's still a work in progress, but there's some evidence. Pesticides, have the finger pointing at them. Uh, there's a toxin called MPTP, which has been found to destroy the substantia nigra, and that occurs in certain chemicals as well. Uh, so there can be a chemical injury, if you will, but only if you have the wrong genes. In other words, we can all get exposed to these pesticides, but we're not getting Parkinson's, are we? But if you're un unlucky enough to have variants in certain genes that might be trying to metabolize the pesticide or, or allow this body to respond to it and that's not working properly, then the toxins cause the damage. So it's this combination, as ever, of genetics and environment that seems to be causing this disease. Now, interestingly enough, certain things protect against Parkinson's. Caffeine protects Hence, I drink two cups of coffee a day. Well, not quite, but there's reasonable statistics around caffeine protecting. And guess what also protects nicotine, of all things. Now, why they protect is not clear, but studies have shown people who smoke are at a bit lower risk of Parkinson's and coffee drinkers, you know. So they, they seem to protect neurons. Maybe they're keeping the substantia nigra happy, as it were, you know, stopping it getting really sick. Now, what's the treatment, given that we know that? The big treatment is to give dopamine because remember this dopamine is, is falling because the nerve cells that make it are dying so replace dopamine a drug called L-DOPA which is a precursor to dopamine is given there's also ways to inhibit or block enzymes that break down dopamine in our bodies they're called MAO-B inhibitors they can sustain dopamine a bit in the brain because it, it isn't getting broken down as much and they're being used now they work reasonably well they get rid of some of the symptoms Michael J. Fox talks about this he's always popping L-DOPA he says uh, and they can slow it down a bit stop some of the damage but the trouble is they've got a side effect they can cause involuntary muscle movements people have strange squirming actions when they're on L-DOPA Michael J. Fox says he prefers that to the horrible spasms and tremors and all the rest of it so he switches from having tremors and not being able to speak, you know, because of all the muscular problems, into these involuntary movements. And he prefers that, he says, to the actual symptoms, which is, which is another moving part of the movie when he talks about that. So that's the main treatment. There's nothing that stops it in its tracks. What we love is what are called disease-modifying drugs that modify the disease process. And, and there's, not, there's lots of research, as I mentioned in a minute, but at the moment, there's nothing available to stop this disease. All you have is this symptomatic relief. And these drugs are useful. They do make a difference. But again, they're not the answer. We need much better treatments, really. Um, now, the other thing to say would be, where is the advances? Like, what's happening? Rehab is important. 
And if anybody's listening who might have Parkinson's or hasn't been to see their doctor recently, go back to your doctor because they might tweak your meds, first of all, and it's all about getting the dose right anyway. And secondly, exercises, various things can be done to help muscle movement and help you sustain activity. So very important to get the the rehab is important um, and then get the meds right. Now, let's finish with the research. A lot of research because you can imagine this is a really important disease uh, that they're predicting, by the way, that the numbers will double by 2030 in the world simply because the population is ageing and this goes up as you get older so the more older people there are the more likely it is Parkinson's will happen in a certain subset of people so huge research what are the options anti-inflammatories we discovered a drug actually that could block the inflammation in Parkinson's that was done with a lab in Australia Trent Woodruff who's a big Parkinson expert we had a collaboration with Trent and he showed one of our molecules could stop Parkinson's in mice there's, there's mouse models of Parkinson's that mimic the human disease that drug is now in development by Roche, actually, who, who acquired our company in 2020. They're very interested in pursuing Parkinson's for obvious reasons. It's one of a number of diseases that they're interested in. So there's trials out there to stop the inflammation, the fire in the brain, in the Stanchionaga. That's option one. Second option is gene therapy. Can you correct some of these genetic abnormalities? That could be a great thing to do. LRRK2, pink one correct that gene defect and that might be very useful and the big hope is stem cells actually and Michael J Fox's foundation has been funding this can you put new neurons in the brain and replace the damaged ones from stem cells very active area of research still early days but still a lot of effort with stem cells and then lastly a vaccine and if you could vaccinate against alpha-synuclein, in other words, get the immune system to clear the alpha-synuclein, just like it's a virus, you know, remember the vac- vaccines are great at training the immune system to get rid of noxious things like viruses, get a vaccine to clear alpha-synuclein, that would be great, and that's underway as well. The other last thing to say is it's a bit like Alzheimer's. In Alzheimer's, which we've discussed before, it's beta amyloid is the gunk in the hippocampus that's the problem and the hippocampus is where your memories are so Alzheimer's means memory loss this is alpha-synuclein in the substantia nigra what about antibodies to mop up the alpha-synuclein there's been progress with antibodies against beta amyloid in fact there's been great progress there they've slowed down Alzheimer's by about a third with antibodies against beta amyloid so one day they might pursue this now and in fact the Parkinson's people have no doubt will be inspired by the Alzheimer's people and go after that so huge research is happening and there's always hope that there will be a breakthrough Michael J. Fox himself is longing for this of course so we should see progress in this disease in the coming years it does take time sadly there could be a big breakthrough uh, the sooner the better obviously for people and the earlier you treat the better obviously with any of these diseases as soon as it progresses it's hard to reverse so huge research is happening and one day we might be able to stop Parkinson's and given the the damaging effect on people's lives and their relatives and all sorts uh, you know it's very important now I'll finish Michael J. Fox it's quite a hopeful movie he talks about how it really sort of changed his life utterly in a good way strangely he said as an actor he stopped mugging in front of the camera because he couldn't because his facial expressions were limited and he felt that was a good thing and then secondly the love of his family comes across really well and then his passion to try and find a treatment so it gave him a mission in, in many ways so it's quite an optimistic movie in the end I recommend you all go and see it Michael J. Fox, it's called Still All About Parkinson's Disease. So there you have it, the science of Parkinson's. Hope you got some useful information there. And as ever, uh, my podcast is a News Talk production and it's available for download every Thursday. And thank you very much for listening.